Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and make every moment more on America's number one sportsbook. All right, folks, welcome in to another edition of the Patriots Beat podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. I am Mike Cadlick, here joined by 98.5 The Sports Hub's Alex Barth. Uh, we're about four minutes late. I do have to tell everyone who's uh, joining us here on Friday uh, in this mid-afternoon show that uh, we're four minutes late because Alex Fire Alarm just went off uh, in his apartment. We may or may not have a guest appearance from a firefighter. Uh, so it wasn't my – it's like I live right in a – there's a couple units in sure. my building. So it wasn't in my unit, but I guess they're all connected. So I, I just heard a fire truck outside. I guess we'll see. But I, it was right before we hit go. But I'm good, so let's see let's how it. much of the show we can get I was before gonna it say. starts again. Because I, whoever's cooking, I can smell it. It smells great. We're on well, to food again. It, but here we I, are, yeah, seriously. Again, we're on to food here on the Patriots Beat Podcast. Uh, we're sponsored by FanDuel now, which is huge. We love. Uh, go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. Sign up. Get $200 in bonus bets when you place that first $5 bet. Deposit 10, bet 5. Get $200 in bonus bets at FanDuel.com slash Boston. I actually had a listener DM me today. Uh, and asked about this FanDuel offer. And what this person did is accidentally used promo code Boston. So I want to reiterate that you have to go to FanDuel.com slash Boston in that URL, sign up through our URL, and that's how you get your $200 in bonus bets. So please do that. Supports the show, supports our new sponsor at FanDuel. So uh, yeah, FanDuel.com slash Boston. It's it's the best app out there. So Alex, let's get right into it because we were going to do a show today, but I think we decided that once this man was signed, what Mike Kosicki, that it was time to do a show. We got to wrap this thing up on Friday. And so they did it after the social media speculation, after Mac followed him, after he followed the Patriots. Uh, it was, in fact, true. Sometimes those smoke alarms mean not, literal smoke alarms. That's that's funny. We're, uh, yeah. we're rolling. But um, social media smoke sometimes doesn't you know amount to anything. This time it did. The Patriots have signed tight end Mike Kosicki. One-year deal worth up to $9 million, according to Mike Reese. And so uh, they've added another weapon. I don't know if it's quite enough yet, but they did, in fact, um, make one more. But they've made a couple moves today, but this was really the big one. Um, so what'd you make of it? Yeah, we're getting there, right? We're getting there. Yeah. It's starting to really kind of resemble an offense. My first thought, and honestly, I this is just me guessing. Bill Belichick has long been a fan of Mike Kosicki. Yep. And we'll get into some of what he said about Kosicki in the past in a minute, but... I did not think Kasicki was signing a one-year $9 million contract. And we don't have the details yet. I, it, that's $9 million total. So like, we don't know what the guaranteed money is. Right. It's going to be even less. He got only $3 million more than Daniel Aquale did. I right. wonder if they just saw what Kasicki's market was. It's a player they like and said, you know what? He's talented. Bring him in and we'll figure it out. You yeah. know, if he's a talented player, we can find a role for him. It's not like they're paying him an amount of money where he has to constantly be on the field. Maybe right. he will be, but at this contract, I thought Kasicki was going to get, I don't know, about what Myers and, and, and Juju Smith-Schuster got. Maybe a little less. I didn't think one for nine was on the table. And we don't, again, we don't know what the guaranteed money is. So you start there. Right. I mean, and then put I'll, it this way. He was franchise tagged last season at 10.9 yeah. 10. million. So right. he does that and then he takes a pay cut after, which I mean, and not guaranteed. The franchise tag's guaranteed. Right. And I don't know that he 
It's not that he didn't have a bad year last year. He's not a fit in Mike McDaniel's no, offense. He's, he's just not. And it was his last two years with Flores, he, he put up good numbers. Like if he puts up those kind of numbers here, it will be the best tight end season in New England since Rob Gronkowski, which I think we would all love to see, right? Right. So here's the flip side of it. And I want to get into to some of Belichick's past comments. And by the way, yeah. I wrote all of these and I have these all written out, like the actual quotes on 985thesportsub.com right now. I went through this morning and I went through a bunch of old uh, press conference transcripts and, and found where Bill Belichick mentioned Mike Kosicki. And the first real mention is 2019. The, this is during the week. The Patriots are actually about to play the Bills, but he gets asked about the versatile tight ends entering in the league. And he talks about kind of the hybrid fullback tight end players like George Kittle. And then he says, the player that's part, and I'm quoting Belichick here, the player that's part receiver and part tight end, those guys are the kind of guys that do, those guys are the kind of guys that, do you treat them as a receiver or do you treat them as a tight end? Guys like Kasiki, um, brings them up unprompted. Guy, guys like Kasiki, players like that, they're not really tight ends. They're not really receivers. They're good players. Those are the types of players that really create the conversation because you can split, they can split out, detach from the formation, be in tight end locations, but they're very good receiving tight ends at that position relative to what you normally see there. Those are, I'd say, the hard game plan questions to answer with those type of hybrid players. So right away, uh, formational versatility. That's yeah. the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Mike Kosicki, formational versatility. So now I'm going to fast forward, and I apologize, Mike, this is going to be a whole thing. No, let's hear it. But I think it's important. I mean, uh, in the 2020 season, ahead of the first matchup with the Dolphins, or sorry, after the first matchup with the Dolphins, he gets asked about, Belichick gets asked about the personnel they used. They were very defensive back heavy in that game. I think they used like eight different defensive backs over the course of that game on defense. Belichick's asked about it. He says, we know that Miami was capable of basically putting four receivers out on the field on a lot of their snaps, which they did with Gesicki and, and then the three other wide receivers, Gesicki, and then the three other wide receivers. Certainly sounds like he's saying something. Yep. The next day, Bill's asked about the coverage plan for Gesicki specifically, and he says, Gesicki, he's a big receiver. <laughs> I mean, he's not really a conventional tight end, but he's a tough matchup in the passing game. Ahead of the second matchup against the Dolphins. Here's Belichick again. He's got good receiving skills. He's really, I would say, more of a big receiver than a true tight end, but he functions a little bit in that spot. He's got good quickness, obviously good length, good hands, and instinctive receiver that knows how to get open and can make good catches and tight coverage with his length and his hands. And then uh, another quote from that press conference, guys that have either elite tight end skills or elite receiving skills, guys like Gasicki or Greg Olson, and guys like that that maybe aren't used much in the running game, but in terms of matching up and just trying to cover them in the passing game, they're very tough. Now, his stance has changed a little bit. We're getting to the end of the quotes here. Okay. His stance has changed a little bit. Uh, this was earlier this year in September. Asked about Gasicki. Said, Gasicki is a problem. And then asked directly to define Gasicki's position, he says, I'd call him a big tight end. So that's where Bill's at now. But I'm going to give you one more set of numbers here, and then we can get, and then I'll get to the point of my take because sure. you need all this context. Yep. Uh, Mike Gesicki, 
I realize I don't have my notepad here. Mike Kosicki snaps by alignment. And we're going to throw out his rookie year here because that was with Adam Gase and it was a mess. But the years he produced, he lined up in line where tight ends traditionally line up. 20.6% of the time. 2-0.6. He lined up wide 21.4% of the time. So yep. he's out like a receiver, like a boundary receiver, more than he's in line like Just, a traditional tight end. Yep. In the slot, Mike, 56.8% of the time. And then he had a handful of snaps in the backfield, so those numbers don't exactly add up to 100. Mm-hmm. But the moral of the story is I don't think they signed a tight end today. Okay. I think they signed a big slot receiver. All right. I – it makes sense. I think that, you can respond. I'm done. Yeah, I, I was I was waiting for you to, to make sure you were actually finished because uh, sometimes you pause for effect. Uh, but no, that yeah, I'm, I'm I. It makes sense. They're not going to use him as an inline tight end. Um, they still don't have a blocking tight end because Hunter Henry is not a great blocker either. And so, it's a good thing. It's a good move. Like you said, it's cheap, uh, cheaper than he was last year, obviously. Uh, and those stats make a lot of sense, right? It's it's not really f- to play tight end. It's to play the Y, right? Like right. And I think about um, I think about my offense in college, and it's not it, it doesn't compare to what Bill O'Brien runs. But we had tight ends, and it was basically they never lined up in the in the line. They were always in the slot, on the line, in the slot as the Y, right? And they were the tight ends, but they were just bigger wide receivers that you run sail routes with and seam routes with and. Uh, you can then scheme them up out of that position where you have a mismatch on maybe a cor- an inside slot uh, slot cornerback. And so I agree with you. I think that he's not a great blocker. I think he's uh, he has this giant catch radius. He's 6'6", six, six, I want to say, 250. 6'6", yep. six, yep. six, 250. So he's got a huge catch radius. And I've talked a lot about a security blanket for Mac Jones, a guy who you can you know throw it up to and trust to be open and – be able to just, you know, chuck the ball up to when you have to in, in a dire situation. Mike Kosicki can fill that role. And so I agree with you. They're not going to use him as a traditional tight end. They're going to use him to catch the football. And that's where he dominates, and that's where he's been solid. He didn't fit in the Shanahan system because they asked those guys to block a lot. They asked – George right. Kittle is in line. I don't know the numbers, but he's in line blocking a lot of the time. Mike Kosicki doesn't do that. He can't do that. Uh, so it's a good signing. I'm excited to see what – uh Bill O'Brien can dial up for back with the two tight end sets again. Um, I think it's a good move. I wonder what's next. Because you say they signed a receiver, but. Well, I, I will. Just one thing to what you just said. I think the red zone's a big part of this. Yeah. Okay. I think the biggest way for this to be a success. I mean, how many times we bang our head against the wall because they couldn't throw the ball in the red zone. Mm-hmm. And, and let's put the Patriots red zone struggles from 2022 into context here. They were actually pretty good inside the five. Yeah. They never got inside the five because they couldn't get that that first down you need to set up the end goal, the high red zone, the 25 to 15-yard line. That's where they really stalled out, and they couldn't really throw the ball from there other than checkdowns. Like, they couldn't throw the ball into the end zone from, like, the 15-yard right. line. And, I, look, a lot of that was Patricia, but having a guy who excels in that area of the field I think is going to be a massive help. So – the biggest thing for me, like for us to get to the end of the year and say the Mike Kosicki signing was a success, if their red zone numbers improve, like that, it's huge for me. Yeah, I agree. I want to pull something up too that I saw earlier from uh, from Mark Daniels about just you know where where the Patriots are as far as free agency as as far as free agents go. 
And the one thing that worries me a little bit here is, okay, Gesicki's on a one-year deal. The next guy they want to bring in, if it's Odell, that's going to be a one-year deal. If it's Hopkins, he's going to be 31. So, like, assuming they, you know, try and make a move for another guy, even if they don't, next year's uh, free agency class includes Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, Mike Gesicki, and that's 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 it for the pass catchers. There's more, but those right. four guys are here this year, expected to be a, a big focal point of the offense, and then there's a chance they leave. So talking about consistency and talking about building rapport and talking about keeping you know guys around Mac Jones in a system, that worries me a little bit. Uh, again, I'm not going to say that they shouldn't have signed Mike Gesicki for one year because of this, but it's a little bit worrisome that they don't have a guy who Mac really can be the guy who to build up with, right? Like right. we talk about Jerry Judy being that guy. Uh, if they bring him in and sign him to a massive deal, that's that that worries me a little bit. But at the end of the day, I like the signing. Well, I, I on that point, Mike, this yeah. is something we've talked about. They don't necessarily have the luxury right now of worrying about the next three years. Yeah, that's a fair point too. Right? They they threw that out the window last year when they tried to make Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator. They right. they have already blown through a year of Max rookie deal. We're getting up to the end of it. Yeah. They. This is a must-win year for them for a yeah. number of reasons. This is a must-win year for them. Have success now and then put it together. Right. You know, if, if it all works out this year, then you worry about that next spring. And, hey, if it all works out, you look good. Right. Maybe you start realistically entering the conversation for a guy like Odell Beckham, who we're hearing, again, like teams that are contenders mm-hmm. are the ones that are really getting the most interest from him. Figure it out this year and worry about it after that. I they. It's not a, you're not wrong in that. Okay, yeah, this is going to look very different next year. They could lose a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball next year. I don't think that that's something that they can really put a ton of stock in right now. They have to be good in 2023. Period. So let's talk about this year then, and we'll talk about what they have from a skill position standpoint, and uh, we'll loop in the new Jerry Judy rumor uh, into this. And so while the Patriots well, had inquired, bother, there'll be another one in five minutes. Well, I was gonna, yeah, right. So as as we know, the Patriots have inquired on Jerry Judy. Uh, however, last night, Mike Kliss from uh, a reporter out in Denver reported that it's looking unlikely now that Sutton or Judy will be moved. So right now, the Patriots' skill, skill position group on offense is Mac Jones at quarterback, Ramondre Stevenson, James Robinson, and Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris at running back, maybe Ty Montgomery. Wide receivers, you got Juju Smith, you got Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Tyquan Thornton. And at tight end, you have Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki. Seems like a, a quality group, and they have improved from last year. You swap out um, Mike Kosicki and – or you swap out Jonu Smith and Jacoby Myers for Mike Kosicki and Juju Smith-Schuster. That's 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 an A+. plus. That's a solid move. That works. That's that's an improvement. In its own. A pl- On its own. Yes. I, I still think they need to add another piece, though. I, okay, I, that's I'm my question. On that. yeah. Are you okay with this? Is Tyquan Thornton going to turn into that take-the-top-off-the-defense-dictate-coverage kind of guy in his second season? Do they still need to add a true number one? Because I think they still need to add, although that kind of pushes Tyquan away a little bit. But what do you think? I want to hear what you have to say first. I mean, if they really believe Tyquan's going to take a leap, and he does take a leap, they probably have enough. Yeah. I, I'd hedge that bet. I'd bring in some, and then look, if, if it all works out, then Kendrick Bourne's maybe a guy you can deal with the deadline or Devonte Parker's maybe a deal, a guy you can deal with the deadline, but you can't have too much talent at wide receiver heading into training camp. You can't, 
I'd like to see them add another player. I will say I've come more around to the idea of making it work with Jerry Judy uh, since last night when I, or since whenever they signed Juju Smith Schuster and I was kind of out on him. Yeah. Yeah. It's grown on me a little bit uh, now, especially now that they add Gasicki and it's like, all right, we well, have some real size. You can get creative. So yeah, I'm not out on that. It, the, the report, the two reports we got right from Ben Albright and, and Mike Kliss were, all right, they want a first or a second and a player. And then this, the following report, like a couple hours later, was the Broncos are trading him, which to me translated says from the Broncos, hey, you're not giving us enough. Yeah. That price may be high. I'm not overextending uh, to get Jared Judy. Now, some of the trades I've seen thrown out there, Kendrick Bourne in a second, sure. Uh, Jack Jones in a second. Look, if they're going to be done with Jack Jones, and I don't think they should be, give him another chance because he can play. But if they're done with Jack Jones, rather trade him than just have him sit on the bench like Kendrick Bourne did last year. Jack Jones in a second. Yeah, I could see that. Josh Uche in a second. He's on a contract year. If you know you're not going to resign him, it's a good it's a good edge class. Okay, sure, you could sell me on that. But, you know, I've seen some people say Ramondre, no. I've seen some people say Michael and Wenu. I just I don't like tinkering with the line right now. Yeah, I wouldn't um, trade on Wenu. I really don't want to give up the first round pick because they still have other needs. Corner tackle. I think you need to address one of those positions with a first round talent. Mm-hmm. But if you're reading the chat right now, we do have a little bit of breaking news. Oh, okay. Uh, the Patriots, or not the Patriots, the Dolphins have signed Jake Bailey. <laughs> ah, okay. It is breaking news. It's not terribly important, but uh, Jake Bailey, Patriots punter from last season. Uh, suspended and then cut. He uh, has signed with the Miami Dolphins. He visited there today and has officially signed. So I don't know if we want to cut off um, our wide receiver talk. If you want to give a quick I was pretty much done Bailey. with my points at that point. So. Okay, perfect. Um, but yeah, no, uh, we'll go back to wide receiver for a second and then we'll, we'll talk about the rest of the moves that went on because uh, I, I would tend to agree that uh, they still need to bring someone else in and I like the idea of Judy. And I like the idea of Judy because that turns into your guy that you trade for, and then you extend them, and money is money at that point, and you do it, and you make him and Mac the guys here for the next five, ten years. Um, that sounds like uh, wishful thinking, maybe, but I think it would be worth it. They have a little bit of a rapport from Alabama, and uh, I think it just makes the most sense. We've had this conversation for four straight days now, and maybe they're not going to do it, but I do think you still need to add something else to the offense to help you dictate coverage help you uh, find those true mismatches with put, – put it this way. If you get a number one and then you have twos and threes on Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Gesicki, Hunter Henry, Kendrick – like now you're now you're cooking with something and now you right. allow Bill O'Brien to really run that offense with high-quality skill position players and a quarterback in Mac who's smart in an offense that you know is uh, – really utilizes the quarterback making smart decisions and kind of using his brain. And so – um, we'll see what happens. I think there's definitely still room, uh, on the wide receiver front to do so. And, uh, I think they may end up making that happen. Um, we will see, but let's, uh, continue on. And do you want to say anything more on Jake Bailey? Do you want to do Jake Bailey? I'm, I mean, I'm interested to see if he can get back in a shape because yeah, we, we know what he looks like when he's healthy, but he basically hasn't been healthy for two years. And I think he has a little bit of the yips, uh, you know, back injury, those are usually like muscle things. The humidity, the hot weather in Florida might help them out. Yeah, loosen up. Look, it's given what Patriots special teams have been. If he turns it around in Miami, uh, that's going to be a thing. 
we're going to be like, well, why couldn't they figure it out with this right. guy? Because we know he was talented. So he was an all pro uh, in 2020. Is that right? Right. He was an all pro in 2020, yeah. um, which was Joe Judge. I believe Joe Judge's last year here, right? Yes. Yeah. He got hired in New York in 2021. So if they can't get like a, I, and look, I said this when they, it's a little different, but when they cut Ryan Allen for Jake Bailey, Ryan Allen should have been the MVP yeah. of uh, Super Bowl 53. Super Bowl, right? Yeah. And they moved on and it was a little head scratching, but look, it worked out. It worked out, yeah. you know, at least initially where he had that great year. He, he was good as a rookie. Bailey was in 2019 and he had an all pro year in, in, in 2020. Um, they've got to, they, they've got to hit on the next guy now. Cause it, it is going to be something people look at. If Bailey goes, starts killing it, Miami, it's a rough look. Why could they fix him? But the Patriots can't. Right. Um, and they, they clearly have a wide-open roster spot because as much as Michael Pilardi was a cool dude and uh, had that one really solid game, they they need to fill the punter position. So if they lost out on Jake Bailey for um, wh- whatever happened with the suspension and him you know, yeah. screwing around with whatever, whatever it was with the training and all that, um, that would be too bad if you missed out on a guy who was an All-Pro, had some injury problems, and now goes to Miami and is a quality punter. So... I guess we'll have to wait and see. But Jake Bailey is now a Miami Dolphin. He stays in the division. Uh, Before we continue on. All right. The other big Patriots move today, Alex, was uh, Jalen Mills. The Patriots cut cornerback Jalen Mills today. Um, He doing so will save them roughly $5 million in cap space. Um, But the room, as small as they are height-wise, got a whole lot smaller with Jalen Mills leaving. Uh, Mills was, I believe, one of the only corners that was six foot or higher. Um, yeah, so I'll give you the um, I can give you the yeah, list here. The uh, yep. So it's Jonathan Jones at 5'10", Jack Jones at 5'11", Marcus Jones at 5'8", Miles Bryant at 5'9", Sean Wade at 6'1", Rodney Randall at 6 feet. And some people have asked me about Quandre Mosley, who's listed as a corner. I think he's more of a safety in their system, but we can include him at 6'2". But Randall and Mosley really never played in the NFL. Wade obviously has been limited. I will say, though... Uh, the other thing is, so we talk about the heights. Jonathan Jones is 29. Everybody else I just named is 25 or younger. Okay. So it is a short room and it is a young yeah. room. So it's interesting to me. They 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 cut Mills, who has been here and started a lot of games for them. And as a guy who was pretty good and could, you know, be a, a really good number two outside corner. And, you know, it wasn't going to get beat a lot. Um, but they decided to cut him to save $5 million in cap space. So it gets my wheels turning. Um, I don't know if they're doing it to free up money for another move coming soon. That's sort of what it feels like. But it also leaves a really big hole at cornerback. And so immediately my head went to the draft at corner because yep. it doesn't really seem like anybody's out there um, on the free agent market that would really it, you know, improve over Mills while also only saving you know $5 million in space. You kind of got to weigh your options there, right? And so – right. I look at the three guys at the top of the draft and I look at Christian Gonzalez and Joey Porter Jr. and Devin Witherspoon. One of those guys will be there at pick 14. And the more I think about it, they've filled receiver with Juju and Gasicki, and yeah. they've fixed themselves up with tackle a little bit now with um, Connor McDermott and Riley Reef and Calvin Anderson. So the only position that I mean, okay, they, they signed Jonathan Jones, but that was more of a re-signing and he's, not a number one corner. He's a slot not corner. One boundary corner, yeah. Right. He's a slot corner who played on the boundary, was pretty good at number as a number two boundary corner, but they still have a major hole at corner. 
and there's not anyone um, in order available in free agency. So I think they go to the draft. I think it really opens up cornerback at pick 14 in the draft now, and I can see themselves absolutely taking one of the top three guys there. So if we fall – I don't know if we can call it a trend. It's been two years, but the two years that Matt Groh has kind of been like the head personnel guy, right? Mm -hmm. People have heard me say this before. 2021, throw out positional value. Biggest hole in the depth chart was quarterback. They took a quarterback. Last year, the biggest hole in the depth chart was guard. They took a guard. Coming in all of this, I felt like the biggest hole in the depth chart was obviously tackle. It's corner now. You know, they've added Riley Reef, who... They gave like low end starter money to he's going to make the team. I don't think their plan is for him to like be the answer, but that's the second biggest hole. Cause at corner, like, what are you doing? You have to face guys like T Higgins. You have to face guys like Devonte Adams. You have to face these big receivers. And at the end of the day, like this is what the Bengals did last year. Marcus Jones, uh, Jonathan Jones. They're kind of sticking with these guys. Yeah. And then what the Bengals figured out was, all right, we're just going to throw jump balls then. We're not even going to try to beat you with routes. We're just going to throw the ball 10 feet in the air. Right. And Mark Jones, great player. I think he's going to have a lot of success in this league, but five, eights, five, eight, five, nine, five, nine. Like you can't coach. Can't teach Four, six, five receiver. It becomes a problem. So I look at it right now. I still think tackles a must in the top 100, but they're probably in a spot Now I would still take tackle in the first round, but it doesn't matter. Cause I'm not making the decision. Okay. I think they're in a spot where Riley Reef can start at right tackle to start the season. They can take a guy who's maybe a little more raw on day two, a guy like Darnell Wright, coach him up, right? And then maybe if he doesn't take over during the year in 2023, he's your starter in 2024. He steps into that role. Mm-hmm. What exactly is the plan at corner? So and that's why they still so that's, free- I want to cut you off. Yeah. Only because. If you don't know the plan of corner, then why are you still taking tackle in the first round? Why wouldn't you because not take I a corner? Think, because I think you can get first round caliber tack, uh, first round caliber corners in the second round this year. Okay. okay. Like like I've said this before, Julius Brents, Darius yeah. Rush, those guys are going in the first round most years. This year is just insanely stacked. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think the gap between say like Joey Porter and Julius Brents is a lot. Uh, smaller than the gap between, say, uh, Broderick Jones and Anton Harrison, or Broderick okay. Jones and Darnell Wright. Right? That's what. That's why. Fair. Not saying okay. don't address it, but the point. The point being. Yeah. Go ahead. Corner. Like, what are you doing at corner? There, there isn't a clear path, and we still don't know. Look, we'll get to Taylor Rapp in a second here. It sounds like they're still talking to him. Yep. But he he's not a lot to sign. What are you doing at free safety? Is it going to be Jonathan Jones? Because now you're. Now, not only are you short, you're also right. really just don't have a ton of depth there. Yeah. So I think cornerback is clearly, clearly, clearly the biggest need on this team. The last two years, the two years Matt Groh's been in charge, the biggest need becomes the pick in the first round. Yep. I Maybe they trade for corner tomorrow and you can throw this all out. But as it stands right now, really feels like corner. it's setting up for corner in the first round, corner at 14. And I mean, you you said the three guys. It's it's Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, Joey Porter Jr. I think they've established themselves as the top of this class. Now, yep. I don't think Christian Gonzalez makes it to fourteen. I just I would be really surprised. Yeah, I I I've, I'm pretty much I'm ready to sharpie him in at top ten. 
I don't know that they get their pick of Witherspoon and Joey Porter, but I think they should get one, like you said before. And the one other guy I'll throw in, even if there's a run on corners and they lose all those guys, I uh, I, I, I like Deontay Banks from Maryland. Very, very good combine. I kind of went back. I rewatched his film a little bit. He wouldn't be a bad pick either. I'd rather have Porter or Witherspoon, but like I'm not going to – if they both go, I wouldn't be crushed if they take Banks at 14. How tall is Banks? I think you he's – just I forget if he's six foot or six foot one, but like he's he's tall enough. I wouldn't say he's tall, but he's tall enough. Uh, oh, maybe six one. If he's six one. Like that's the sweet spot for corners yeah. right now. Is six one. So, All right, yeah. he che- he checked in at six foot and three quarters at the combine. It's fine. It's, it's tall. Yeah, that'll work. Uh, for, Just get him some longer spikes on his cleats for maybe. a room that's desperate. That'll work. Um, and he ran a, he ran the fastest forty. Right? Did you did you say that already? Uh, maybe not the fastest. The not, maybe not the fastest. He ran a four three five. Yeah. He was fast. Yeah, so that'll that'll do. No, I think D- I, Darius Rush, like Darius Rush, is the guy I really like. But mm. he's going. He's a little more raw. Yeah. He's going the second round. Yeah. Um. Um. Way, hang on. Now I want to see who ran the fastest forty of all the corners at the combine. Uh, oh no, it was uh, DJ Turner. Cause he had the fastest forty of anybody. Banks was third. So the reason you were thinking that is DJ Turner ran a four two six. Jacorian Bennett, who's the other Maryland corner, ran a four three. And then Banks ran a four three five, okay. and those were the top three. Gotcha. But Bennett's five eleven and hasn't played nearly as much, and uh, um, is more inconsistent. I'm, if they want to take Banks on day three, that's uh, if they want to take Bennett on day three, that's fine. But Banks to me is the guy. All right, I want to uh, I want to pull something up real quick for uh, for the guy, everyone watching. Uh, Juju Smith, yes. Juju Smith is here. Ah, all right. Juju Smith is in Foxborough. He has signed officially his contract with the New England Patriots. He's on the field. Uh, so Juju is here. Figured I'd, uh, you know, let. Did he change his AVI yet? Yeah, it looks yep. like he did. It's uh, it's him and a Patriots meeting. Nice. So Juju's here. Nice. Well, because it was the Chiefs one before. Yes. So. Yep. So, uh, so that's that. I uh, figured I'd throw that up there before we uh, get back to cornerback. Juju is in the building and has signed with the Patriots. Um, back to corner. You mentioned trading for one. They should have been in on Jalen Ramsey. I, I'm still fine that they pass on that. I'm still perfectly fine that they pass on that. Uh, who's available? Who, who, who? I have no yeah. idea. I just kind of said that. I right. off the top of my head, I really can't think. Maybe they had a veteran like guy like Marcus Peters is a guy I like yeah, for them. Okay, I'd still, it's still probably their first round pick. Yeah, that's but what like, I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, but I like it in the first round. Um, yeah. We'll leave it. We'll leave corner there, um, and let's talk about the safeties. Uh, that the Patriots sort of seem to be in on. Uh, we'll rotate from corner to safety, as Jonathan Jones might do. Uh, they still are in. Thanks, appreciate that. They are still in on Taylor Rapp. Uh, Taylor Rapp visited here yesterday. Sounded like he was going to Cincinnati, um, but the Patriots are still in. So he left without a deal, but it sounds like they're still very much uh, involved. That was according to Jeremy Fowler from ESPN. So this is a guy who... Like you said, Alex, we'll play free safety. We'll fill in probably Devin McCourty's role at free. And if they get him here, allows them to not have to bump Jonathan Jones back. And, I mean, if Mills was here, it would have allowed them not to have to bump Mills back. But regardless, this feels like something that probably should get done. And, you know, make this – make put this one over the finish line. Get yourself a true free safety in here uh, in Taylor Rapp who who can do the job and – if they're still on it, in on him, like they, like it says they are, 
feels like we could be, you know, involved in maybe a bidding war with Cincinnati. I don't know. I mentioned that last night on the show. Um, but what do you think about them still, you know, continuing to stay involved with rap? Yeah, look, if they do what they've done and then they add signing Taylor Rapp on top of it, I still want the number one receiver. I'm still interested in Judy and Hopkins and Beckham and that group. But they add Rapp to what they've done. Solid first week. Yeah, it really is. That is a solid, like, not to take away from what they've done. I'm not saying if they don't sign Taylor Rapp, it's a failure. But, like, I don't know. It feels like one more move really kind of – I wanted the move. I thought like coming in today, I was like one more move sticks at home. And then they signed Gesicki and I don't know. It didn't move the needle for me. I like the signing, but like Taylor Rapp moves the needle a little bit for me. Okay. I'm like, all right, like they're, they're not going to try playing somebody out of position back at safety. Right. They're not going to try throwing somebody back there who hasn't been back there. Who's not necessarily the strongest tackler. They're going to put a guy back there who is truly honestly a fit at the position. I'd feel really good if we can come away saying that. I, I think by the way, that's true about Nick Scott as well. I just like Taylor Rapp a little bit more. I like the makeup. Okay. Um, I'll be honest, I'm more familiar with his game too, so there, that may be part of it. Yeah, but, we can touch that too um, because they are um, Patriots are also interested in yeah. Nick Scott, at also a Rams safety. Um, that was from Mark Daniels from Mass Live who reported that uh, he has 157 tackles and four interceptions over the last four seasons in LA. Solid player, um, but I, I'm kind of with you. I would rather Rapp over Nick Scott, but. They're in on the safety position. That is that is factual. They are in and involved in talking yeah. to those guys. Um, I like also Raps. What twenty five? Right, I believe that ha- that's a, he's a guy. So like Scott's going to be entering his age twenty eight season. Right. Um, three years is a lot, yeah, right? In the NFL, yeah. So Taylor Rapp is twenty five. He just turned twenty five. That's a guy to me that like can grow with the program, right? Has the potential to become a guy here right. because you don't want to have a ton of rotation at that spot. You'd like to have some cons- consistency at that free safety spot. And, you know, he's 25. Maybe he's got a year or two still of progressing and getting even better. And then maybe you go to another contract. And like, he, to me, is like a guy that could be here for multiple contracts, yeah. Taylor Rapp. So that's why I'm not gonna be mad if they sign Nick Scott. Like the whole thing I just said about, hey, they have that position locked in. I'll still feel good about it. But if I could pick... Taylor Scott, uh, Taylor Rapp. Yeah, I would. If I could pick Taylor, Taylor Scott, Scott sure, you know, put them together. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I would agree. That's sort of how I felt about Jesse Bates when when that was an idea. Well, I mean, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, 25 year old, younger, can be a guy who grows with the program here. Obviously, the price was way too high. Um, so if you right. can get Taylor Rapp to fill a role, uh, I'm okay with that as well. So we'll see where that goes. But Patriots are in on safeties. Um, the other sort of piece of news. Uh, around the league that I wanted to touch on uh, before we open it up for Q&A and wrap up this week of free agency was uh, Jonah Hill. But Jonah Hill. <laughs> That's the week. Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Jonah Williams, uh, tackle for the Bengals, uh, left tackle. He has requested a trade. The Bengals signed Orlando Brown this week um, to a mega contract and – I think the idea was that Jonah Williams would bump to right tackle. Jonah Williams does not want to do that, and I don't blame him. You get paid a lot more money at left tackle, and uh, he should you know, try and stick a left tackle. And so he requests a trade. Um, they still have question marks on the line. Trent Brown, they could cut, save a lot of money. I think it's $10 bucks. Are you interested in bringing Jonah Williams here? Um, he's a guy who I think played with Mac Jones. He played with Mac Jones at Alabama. 
uh, Sounds right. was his left tackle at Alabama. I remember um, when everyone was in a big scuttlebutt about Belichick and Josh McDaniels being on the field at Mac Jones's pro day. There was a clip, and Bill Belichick asked, "Who's the best player here?" Uh, Nick Saban told him it's Jonah Williams, and so no, that wouldn't be because Jonah Williams drafted in twenty nineteen. We're we're thinking of somebody else. Okay. Um. Anyway, so maybe it was he would have played with Mac, but he wasn't the starter that full season. The okay. starter that full season. I'm finding it probably Tua. It's probably Tua. Right. Well, two. Well, two got hurt. You're thinking of Landon Dickerson. Who was the oh, center. he was his center. He was his center. The guy who was doing yes. cartwheels with the torn ACL. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, regardless, Jordan, not 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 taking anything away from Jordan Williams. But yeah, you're, you're thinking of Landon Dickerson. Okay. Sure. Um, but regardless, I think so. Still, Jonah Williams was the guy who Saban told Belichick that he's the best player here. Uh, no, because he wouldn't have been at Max Pro Day. I think it was a different NFL. pro day. I, I'm saying okay. I think it was a different pro day. Is that is that's where my confusion is? Regardless, Jonah Williams, Alabama tackle. Was a solid player in college. He was a first-round pick. Um, Request a trade. Alex, should the Patriots make a move for him? Let's see what he. Let's see what they want, right? I, again, I'm not giving up 14. It's a good tackle draft. You're going to get somebody much cheaper, somebody you don't have to pay soon. But I, I, I like the idea of having an established player at the position. I'll say this. They don't need to have him and Trent Williams on the roster. If, they're, if they cut Trent Williams, this becomes much more real to me. Yeah. But – if they're going to have Trent, I don't need to see Trent Williams and Jonah. Uh, tr- I'd love to see Trent Williams here. The, I, yeah. It's the end of the week, baby. Oh, yeah. I don't need to see Trent Brown Trent and Williams, Jonah Williams. Trent Williams and Jonah Hill are the bookends of your offensive line. It's still probably a decent offensive line. So yeah. Trent Williams. Um, I don't need to see Trent Brown and jo- Jonah Williams compete to the uh, compete for the left tackle spot in camp. I don't need to see that. So okay. if Trent Brown's going to get cut, yeah, I look at it more seriously. Can you get him for 46? Can you get him for kind of what we're talking about, maybe trading for these wide receivers for? I'm more interested in that. But if they're going to go ahead with Trent, like you don't trade for Jonah Williams and make him another body. Like if you trade for him, he's the guy. Because you then you then got to pay him. Right. Let's not forget that. Like you don't trade for him. You don't trade a top 100 pick for him for one year. And he's on his fifth-year option. You don't trade a top 100 pick for him, then let him walk in a year that's very strong at tackle. Fine by me. I just, you know, again, I, I I think that Jonah Williams' upside at this point might be higher than, um, you know, call it Trent Brown. But I still think at the end of the day, probably go in, go into the draft with it, keep the sort of piecemeal offensive line you've got going now, um, and then move forward. But he did request a trade, so I wanted to put that on the table. Um, sure. So that's the big Patriots news of the day. Uh, it is Mike Gesicki is here. Jalen Jalen Mills is gone. Jake Bailey is gone. They have interest in Taylor Rapp and Nick Scott. And Jonah Williams is on the table for trade. That being said, we got about 20-ish minutes left. Maybe cut it a little bit shorter than that. But uh, let's get to some questions if you guys have them in the chat. And we'll wrap this week of free agency up uh, using you guys to – run the table um, before we get out of here. So fill out the chat as we, uh, as we finish this thing up. What do we got? Uh, uh, let's see. No questions yet. So, oh, all right. I'm, nope. Hang on. I'm going to do this. I'm going to okay. do this. I almost did it on Twitter earlier. I didn't. Oh, where'd it go? Sorry. Um, somebody talking about Josh Allen. That's not it. Uh, although we can answer this cutting Trent Brown doesn't make sense. What would they do with the cap space at this point? Odell Beckham. Or Hopkins is going to want a new contract. Or Judy's going to want a new contract. Like, trust me, they 
they could find ways to use it. Right. Um, somebody, so I, I, this must've been the second half and back and forth, but like, you know, I'm guessing this is something about bills winning the division. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know anything like he did, but I'm going to go Brian Windhorse here. Something's oh. happening in Buffalo, right? Stefan Diggs last week goes on the shop. Let me find the exact quote. You're pulling a page out of my book here. Yeah. Stefan Diggs last week goes on the shop and says, asked about the Bills' lack of success in the playoffs. Doesn't make any sense. I'll rack my brain with this S at this point. I think it's more execution than anything. S is small little pieces on why it's not going right. We've got the players. We've got the plays. Why S ain't coming together. That's where you draw some of those questions. This is after, of course, he had that tweet storm after he blew up at Josh Allen after they lost. Then he had the tweet storm. Yep. And then meanwhile, now it looks like on Instagram, he's unfollowed the bills and followed the Cowboys taking all his bills, Ooh. pictures off social. Then you There's had other Cole, plays there. Then you had Cole Beasley today. Zast, I, I don't think he was asked about it, actually. I think he said it unprompted. Said something along. I don't have it exactly in front of me, but something along the lines. Actually, no, wait, I do. It should be right here. Cole Beasley unprompted. Only QB in the entire league you can put in front of Rodgers right now is Mahomes, and that's it. The disrespect is crazy. This is Cole Beasley who plays for the Buffalo Bills. Caught passes from Josh Allen. Yep. This is now two Bills receivers. I don't want to say we're throwing Josh Allen under the bus, but I think maybe have some questions. That's it. I just think that's interesting. So I'll that's all you there. got. Why, why are they there. doing this, Wendy? Uh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe Buffalo isn't the football utopia it's been painted to be for the last two years, I guess is my point. They just are better. Without Diggs, I still think they're better than the Patriots. I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I know. But, you know, the, the uh, just patting their little butts right in a Super Bowl is was mu- too much last year, and it's going to be too much this year. I'm telling you yeah. that right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, shout out, Kieran, for keeping on the trend from last night. <laughs> Uh, garlic bread, but do you think Hunter Henry can get similar production to his first year here? Uh, Hunter Henry's first year, he had nine touchdowns. This year, he had two. Plain and simple, he was much better the first season with Josh than he was in year two with Matt Patricia. Um, I do. I think that they're going to dial it up for Hunter Henry, uh, especially with the addition of Gasicki. I think, I don't know if the, the, the numbers will be the same as year one, but like yeah. the overall... The overall impact that he has on the team will be the same, if not more. Um, I, I expect big things from Hunter Henry from a receiving position this year. Well, it's it's tough to say because we don't know how they're going to use Gesicki, right? But relative to the playing time, yes, I think he can get back to the numbers. Everybody's production was down last year, and we all know right. why. So I, I don't think it's unrealistic. At the same time, like I think from a fantasy football point of from a fantasy football football point of view, I think the numbers are probably a little lower just because. Gasicki's going to cut into some of those reps. Um, this is a good question. Here. Uh, still draft Darnell Washington at 46. Mike Sky. Um, Mike thinks he's not going to be there. Mike thinks this is disrespecting the board. I do think that's disrespecting the board. I don't, I don't think Darnell Washington will be there at 46. He's too dang good. That being said, he's a blocker. The guys who are here yeah. are not. So I think it still could be in play, especially with Gasicki only here on a one-year deal. Um, oh, to, so I, I think when it comes to tight ends in the draft as a whole, I really like the idea still of getting a project player 
on day three, and really any kind of player. Because like you said, Henry Gesicki, one-year deals, contract deals. What better player to mentor Zach Kuntz than Mike Gesicki, who's the same player, right? Yep. So I'm in on that. But like you said, they don't have that blocking tight end right now. I think people are maybe a little too worried about that because we know in a pinch they'll throw another tackle out there. Yeah, right. Right, to take care of it. And, and now yeah, they have the depth. And now they have the depth. They have the depth. depth. And I, by the way, I think Calvin Anderson's like a sneaky good sixth tackle because of his athleticism. But, you know, it, yeah, it's it's more predictable and it's not ideal, but they'll do it. They can do it. That being said, if they are going to take a tight end in the top 100, it's Darnell Washington. That's the guy yeah, right. at this point. Like, I, we can be done with, with Michael Mayer. We can be Mayer. done with Dalton Kincaid. We can be done with with uh, uh, Luke Musgrove. We can be done with even Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta is probably the second guy, if you were to say, behind Washington. Mm-hmm. Who's the one top 100 tight end you look at for them? But I, there's a – in terms of the likelihood, not necessarily as a player, but in terms of the likelihood for the Patriots, the fit for the Patriots, it's a big drop-off from Darnell Washington to Sam Laporta. I agree with you. I don't think Darnell Washington's there at 46. Mm-hmm. I still don't know that he makes it – that he ends up in the first round, though. Like, he could. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes towards the end of the first round – I look at the Bengals sitting there, don't need a tight end, can kind of afford a luxury pick. Now, safety right. might be in play there too, but it's not a great safety class. Like, I don't know that there's a player that makes sense to take there yeah. at safety for them. But like a Barmore trade, you trade up into like the late 30s, early 40s if he falls a little bit. If they're going to draft a tight end in the top 100, to me, that's what it looks like. If he's there at 46, makes a ton of sense, actually. Yeah, it does. I agree. I like it. Um, sorry, I should have had one queued up, but I was uh, listening to you enjoy. Ah, I appreciate uh, enjoy. respect. I, appreciate I was listening it. to you talk about my friend Darnell Washington. Um, Look, sorry. if they walk, what if they walk away from this draft with like let's let's call it let's say they trade up right uh-huh. the second round, so they make their first round pick tackle corner whatever, but like what if they walk away from this draft with Darnell Washington and Zach Koontz? Then we would be all we would be ecstatic, the two of us, for their. I tight mean, end, their then tight end the room. the Boston TE party's back. I yes, mean, in twenty twenty four, right? In twenty twenty four, but like, right? Holy crap! What if a pairing they, that would be. If they if they roll out Henry and Gasicki this year, and then the yeah. following year let them walk, and it's Darnell Washington and Zach Koontz, we are cooking with freaking gas on Patriots. That oh, that would be. Fun. And look, they have eleven draft picks. Like they can kind of yeah. fool around if they want. If if, totally. if Koontz falls a little bit. Yep. That's an interesting yep. thought. Yeah. I don't think All they're right. going to do it, but it's a fun thought. Yeah. Um, so we said that Christian Gonzalez probably won't be there at 14. So if you had to choose, would you go Porter Jr. Or uh, I swear to God, I almost just said Reese Witherspoon. That's, that's ridiculous. That's how much this is this is uh, kicking my behind. But uh, Devin Witherspoon or Joey Porter Jr.? I'd go Porter Jr., they would go Witherspoon. Let's go. Like history tells us Dude, they would I, go Witherspoon. See, I'm, not, I'm not buying that. I'm just not. I, I don't think that Joey Porter is truly going to have a factor in their in their draft. It's not even a Joey Porter thing. It's it's a Penn State thing. And it's, Bill O'Brien's from Penn State. Who's Devin Witherspoon's coach? If this was like way – no, Bill O'Brien was at Penn State when Mike – not even when Mike Kosicki was there. He recruited Mike he recruited him, yeah. and then left. This is so far removed from that. Um, who's Devin Weatherspoon's head coach? Uh, at Illinois. Right. It's Bert Bielma, former Patriots yeah. assistant, friend of Bill. 
That's why. That's why they're going to go with Witherspoon over Porter. They know the player, but they should know the player better. That's why I think they'd go Witherspoon. But I don't think it's much of a difference, and I don't think they'll have the luxury of this choice. I think if it comes down to this, the decision will be made for them by one of the teams picking ahead of them. But I think if you ask them who they'd rather have, I think it would be Witherspoon. Yeah, um, I would agree, but I want Joey Porter. He's been my guy all draft. I, I like uh, Joey Porter better too. That's fine. Let's go back to let's go back to Coons because I really don't know here. Where where do you he, think his ceiling and floor is in the draft? This is a tough one because yeah. he had the great combine and the the raw skill set is there, but he had the serious injury last year and he really only has one year of production. Uh, it's kind of a, a, a Tyreek Woolen thing where. Last year with Tyreek Woolen, we said second to fourth, and he went in the fifth. If Zach Kuntz sneaks into the back end of the top 100, I won't be surprised. If Zach Kuntz is there at, like, pick 180, I won't be surprised. I just right. It's really hard to tell with him. And guys, like, like the one-year production, coming off a serious injury, he has, like, every single one of those, like, stock-impacting traits. Like, all of those boxes are checked. So he's just all over the freaking board, right. and it makes it hard to tell. Yeah, but I I don't think he ends up in the top 100, but I wouldn't be shocked. And some of that's the depth of this class too. Most years, I think he's top 100 pick, even with the even with the questions. Really? Um, would trading for Brandon Cooks be enough for me? Uh, would that move the needle enough? Yes. They had Brandon Cooks today. I'm. This is gonna be a fun weekend. I'm very happy that they did very well. We have Patriots news. We do have Patriots news. Yep. I'm gonna keep using this tool now that I figured out how to use it more often. All right. The Patriots have signed Chris Board, a two-year deal, $7.6 million per source. Uh, special team star is being paid by New England. Uh, that's three-ish million a pop if you take it for what it's worth there. Um, I know that there's going to be more details to come in. But the uh, the Patriots, like we said yesterday, you said that this was likely going to happen after the um, – after the visit, and uh, it in fact has. So Board played with the Ravens for a while. He then went to um, the Lions, and the P- Belichick talked him up when they played last year. And so it's now happening. The Patriots have signed a linebacker who really is just a core special teamer. So Matthew Snyder. Uh, no, I don't think he's just a core special teamer. He's kind of okay. got some of that Brandon Bolden thing going on. Like he's going to play. Okay. He's not going to start on defense, but he's going to give them some snaps on defense. All righty. Well, there you have it. Tell us more about Chris Board if you can. That's it. He's going to give you a great special teamer. He's going to give you some snaps on defense last year. Bill Belichick called him the best special teams player we'll play against all year. All right. Um, do you, are you okay with them shelling out $6.7 million over two years to him? Yeah, there's not going to be a ton of guaranteed money on that. Um, all right. Yeah. And if you're complaining about this money and you're somebody who also complained about the special teams last year, no, pick one. Like this guy? Yeah. So it's, seven, <laughs> it's first of all, it's 6.7 over two years so that's like three and change a year and we'll see how much is guaranteed his cap it's going to end up being like a percent of the salary gap so i'm not too worried about it yeah um so yeah that's that uh we have brought in another special teamer um let's wrap up a few more questions before we get out of here um should the patriots draft a center so I've seen a lot of centers on like mock drafts people send me. Yeah. It could take one late. I just 
I don't know. I, I think they really like Cody Russi, who they signed last year as UDFA. They have David Andrews. I don't mind getting another. And they still have um, James Ferentz. I don't True. mind getting another center in the equation, but you can do that like sixth, seventh round. I don't think they need to. Like, I've seen people mocking centers to them in like the fourth round. That feels too much. That's too rich for me at that point. Yeah, I, I don't I, know there. I would agree. And I know that there was, we've talked about it. I think we talked about it towards the end of the season where we didn't know if David Andrews would come back. Just he's getting up there in age. And, you know, it kind of feels like he had a health scare at one point and he's sort of the old guy on the team now, older guy rather, but he's still here. Uh, I don't know how much longer he'll be here, but he's here for this year. So I don't think they necessarily need it. Um, I'm with you. All right. Um, Matt, Sorry, I'm just trying to filter out these questions. It's a lot of uh, um, a lot of people mad about. Um, let's bring this up. A lot of people mad about the signing. What do you yeah, think about Zay Flowers at 14? Like, I, I I keep hearing this, and I talked about it last night when I was on the Pat's Public Show with uh with Pat Lane, and it's like talking about redundancy with Ju- uh, Judy and Juju. If you bring in Zay, I feel like that adds even more redundancy to the slot receiver position. Where yeah. Maybe rather a bigger guy, but at that point, I don't want to take Quentin Johnson at 14. So I kind of, as much as I was in on wide receiver at 14, I kind of feel myself peeling back a little bit more there. Yeah, if he was like faster, and he's fast, but he's not that, if he's like a burner, right? If he was like a four, low four, three guy, I'd be like, all right, maybe, yeah. But again, there's so much redundancy with Juju. And again, I think Kasiki's going to end up being a slot player as well. And, and Bourne's going to contribute there. And I just, yeah, you I need agree. a clear plan for a player you take in the first round. Right. How is this player going to contribute? And it, it, the answer to that, like, it should be a significant amount. There should be things built around them. I just don't see that with Zay in New England. I And it's not about him, the player. It's just, there's, he's going to, if they draft him, he's going to end up playing like 30% of their snaps. And we're all going to sit right. here and talk about how he was a bad pick. I, I, I zero interest in that. Right. So unless they're going to start trading receivers, which by the way, if they trade a receiver, it's probably four receivers. Like the one trade we're all talking about right now is Jerry Judy. Right, it's the Judy trade. And yeah. by the way, if they add Judy, then absolutely not. And there's still going to be people that sit here and say, all right, well, they've added Juju, they've added Gasicki, and they've added uh, Jerry Judy. So now all they need to do is add Dave Flowers, yeah. right? Like, no, I, I get you guys like him. He went to BC. It's cool. I, I, that ship to me has sailed. Yeah, I agree. Um, is this is this similar? Well, this to me, Edelman and Amendola, yes and no. Like you're gonna, if it's Jerry Judy, yes, right. Those are two guys who are very experienced, and they really dumped a lot on their plates. I doing that with a rookie is a massive ask. I would also say that was a you know. A few years ago, the slot corners in the league now are much better than they were then. Teams are more equipped to handle dual slot than they were then. Right, right. I did. So Mac <laughs> trolled last night, or two nights ago, after after I tweeted the thing about the following. Mac then went on another following rampage and just followed Odell and Hopkins to continue messing with us. Um, and DeAndre did end up following him back. DeAndre Hopkins did also follow Dak Prescott on Instagram and there's been some rumors that he could end up in Dallas as well. So I think the Instagram 
following thing is over. I do want to not take all of the credit for that because I did see a few on Twitter and other people noticed everything as well. Um, but, um, yes, I, I did see that. So, uh, DeAndre Hopkins has followed Mac Jones back on Instagram. So who knows if something else is cooking? Um, we're going to look for one more question and then we're going to wrap this thing up. Um, if I can find one, did you have like a specific one you wanted or no, not really. Um, all right, let's go with, uh, we'll do one. more. Right, then we'll, let's then go we'll with this. T Higgins is a T Higgins trade still in play. Probably now, not because they're not going to trade trade him. But this right. would be the fit because he's an outside receiver. This is the kind of player they need to be looking for at this point. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. So it's probably that? more likely a guy like Hopkins than Higgins. Yeah. But yeah, he would be he he would be the guy. Like that's if if you could like plug a receiver into this of all the guys who've been rumored to be available this offseason, it's T Higgins. You Pick plug 14. T Higgins. You plug it's going to be 14 and next year and probably the year after that. But you it's plug T Higgins. Lot. All right, that's a bit of an exaggeration, but it's going to be more than 14. It's at least right. one more top 100 pick, current or future. Yeah. You plug T Higgins into this. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Now, whew, now, now they're real. Now it's more than just all right. They're going to be better than they were last year. Now it's like all right, they're going to be like something. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen, but this is the time to do it. Uh, yep. We're going to wrap it up now. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Five days in a row. It's been fun. We'll be back next week um, to put another, not a bow, because things are going to continue to you know go on throughout free agency, but we'll talk about what happened over the weekend. Hopefully we get some more Patriots news that we can touch on, uh, but we'll be back Tuesday. I do want to shout out FanDuel, FanDuel.com slash Boston. What you can do now is actually scan this code right on screen. And uh, sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston, and you will get $200 in bonus bets. Um, Again, that's FanDuel.com slash Boston. Helps us out, helps the show out, helps out CLNS Media. And so we appreciate it, guys. Um, Thank you again for joining us. Until next week, you can follow Alex on Twitter, at RealAlexBarth. You can follow me on Twitter, at Mike Cadlick. Read both of our stuff at 985thesportshub.com and CLNSmedia.com. Um, again, thank you all for joining us this week. It's been fun, and we'll be back next week with even more Patriot news here on the Patriot.